Let us pray for illumination. Unexpected God, your advent alarms us. Wake us from drowsy worship and from the sleep that neglects love. Save us from wasting our time and energy on misdirected frenzy and lazy distractions. Awaken us now to your coming and bend our anger into your peace. Teach us your ways so that we may walk in your paths. Amen. Our first reading is from Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob, so that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their, their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Our second reading is from Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not, reveling, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our gospel reading is from the 24th chapter of Matthew. That chapter began with Jesus and the disciples on sort of a walking tour of Jerusalem. They come to the huge and marvelous buildings of the temple, and Jesus says, you see all these, do you not? Truly, I tell you, not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. And then, when Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will this be? And what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? Now, Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 24, starting at the 36th verse. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven or the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For in those days, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered 
the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, may our thoughts and may my words be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Did your mother or maybe grandmother have some unusual, illogical phrase that she would say, one that did not make logical sense, but most everyone understood? When Betty's mother, Elsie, wanted to describe how a hostess or a church group had done things up big. I mean, really done everything and then done some extra. Kind of like when we had that installation service here six years ago, or when we had our 100th anniversary a few years ago. Well, she had a phrase to describe that super special kind of effort. She'd say, they put the big pot in the little one, made soup out of the legs. Now, I keep having this image of trying to put a big one in a little one, it doesn't work. But, but everybody kind of knows what she meant. When my mother, she was called Sooty because her, old, her older brother, slightly older, couldn't quite say sister, and it came out Sooty, and it stuck for 78 years. Well, when she wanted to say that the price for something was just too dear, way too much for what it was, I saw a Christmas tree on it for $65 today. Really? And it wasn't jewel, it was a little toy thing. Well, when something was just way too expensive what it was, maybe like one of those meatless, you've seen tried the meatless hamburgers, $13 for a hamburger? That's what you ought to get a couple of steaks for, right? Well, she would say that was too much sugar for a dime. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of too many dimes for the sugar, but you know, it's, that's what she meant. Well, neither of those phrases will bear logical scrutiny, but they kind of convey the idea. You know what they mean. Back when I was working as a psychologist for North Carolina Service of the Blind, I met many people who had their own unique ways of expressing themselves. Today's scriptures reminds me of an occasion when part of a group was present and the others had not yet arrived. So one of the clients asked, do you want us to go ahead or just go ahead and wait? <laughs> well, again, it's not logic, but it kind of makes sense, right? This Sunday, through the Sunday before Christmas, the church observes this season of Advent. Some see it as a time of preparation for Christmas much as that other season that's marked with the color purple, Lent, is a preparation for Easter. But Advent doesn't just prepare us for Christmas, it prepares us for Christ. And today's Bible readings 
from the prophet Isaiah, from the letter to Romans, and from Matthew's gospel, they do not point us to the baby born in the manger in Bethlehem as much as they point to the second coming of our Savior. But if you think about it, if you read the scriptures closely, you'll see that all of scripture, the whole Bible really affirms that God is not afar off somewhere. God is present. God is always coming to us. God is with us. That's what Emmanuel means, God with us. You could say that our reading from the 24th chapter of Matthew essentially says two things. First, that the time of Christ coming again is unknowable. Jesus said even he doesn't know. According to the first chapter of Acts, just before Jesus ascended into heaven, his disciples asked, Lord, is, is this the time when you're going to restore the kingdom? And Jesus said, it is not for you to know the time or the periods that the Father has set up by his own authority. And the second main thing this passage deals with how we are to live in the meantime. We're to be ready, prepared, watchful. Jesus says, he uses three disturbing images to tell us how awake, how prepared we are to be. A flood, kidnapping, and burglary. Right here in the New Testament. First flood. The focus here is not on how wicked the world was before the flood, though it was, but on how unawares, how unprepared the people were. In those days, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark and knew nothing until the flood came and swept them away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Well, the second one is, I'm calling kidnapping. Jesus says, two will be in the field, one will be taken. Boom, one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken. Boom, the other will be left. In both the flood and the kidnapping, people are just they're going about their regular old lives, you know, buying groceries, changing diapers, mowing the grass, going to work, and so on. And suddenly, everything changes. So Jesus says, keep awake therefore for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. And third, there's the burglary. If the owner of the house had known what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. In his First letter to the Thessalonians, Paul wrote, you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say there's peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness for that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are children of light and children of the day. So we're to be prepared, awake, alert. Peter refers to the burglary image in the third chapter of his second letter. He says, he says to understand this, that in the last days scoffers will come, scoffing and indulging their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since our ancestors died, all things continued as they were from the beginning of creation. 
But Peter explained, the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting anyone, nobody, to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. So Peter says we're to be leading lives of holiness and godliness. In the last couple of verses of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells us what to do, how to live those lives of holiness and godliness. In this time where we live, in the meantime, we are to await his coming again. And he says, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So be prepared, keep awake, stay alert. Jesus himself has told us that we must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Well, part of being ready, being alert, being awake, is living in the present, not in the past, and not in the future either. It can be so easy to romanticize the past, to long for some image of glory days gone by. Now, that's a feat that usually requires real selective memory that lets us forget the mistakes and troubles from those times. A particularly miserable way to live in the past is to let guilt and regret from the past burden us so that we can't be mindful, mindful of all the blessings we have right here and now in the present. Well, another barrier, another barrier to being ready, being alert, being awake is living in the future. Some do this by living lives dominated by fear and anxiety. What if this happens? What if that happens? Rather than trusting in God. Some of us do this by the fibs, the lies we tell ourselves about how good we're going to be one day. You know, it's that diet I'm going to go on next month, right? Not now. One day, certainly not today, right? One day, you know, when we're not so busy, not so distracted, there's a gifted preacher named Barbara Brown Taylor who writes that this vision of the future gets, she says it gets her off the hook so that she can fool herself into believing that my splendid intentions actually make me a better person right now. And that time will forever expand to give me an opportunity to visit that person, to do that good deed, to carry out that good plan. Well, you know, the problem is this. We all know time does not work that way. I had a client who used to say, time gets mad and runs away. <laughs> and it does. We need to live in the present, mindful of God's abundant blessings in our lives. Alert to the opportunities to comfort, to help, to encourage other people. Awake so that we can work, do the work to do God's will, to be ready for his coming again. Jesus Christ came in history. Day by day, he, he comes in mystery. And he shall come again in majesty. So fellow disciples, we must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour.
Thanks be to God. In this in-between time we live in, between the first coming of Jesus as a little baby in Bethlehem to the second coming, where we will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Be alert. Watch for the signs and wait in hope. Now may the love of God uphold you, the light of Christ guide you, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit fill you with joy now and forever. Amen.